Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me. I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, all the way to you from quarantine, Terry Springer. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh, what oh, a crowd. Yeah. Man. Oh. Hey, we're, man. Hey, Maria, Jerry. This oh, is David Proust. I see him on the screen. This is, yeah, this is really cool considering all the difficult times that yeah. we're at least able to do this. And uh, but we opened up with it. a lie because you said we're doing it in front of this beautiful crowd, and the fact <laughs> is, I'm here alone with my wife, and, you know, and you are with whoever you're with in your apartment, and <laughs> there's Gene and uh, with his wife. So no, she left me about four days ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so let's lead with that. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't. Yeah, she yeah. couldn't take it anymore. Some getting the hell out. Of no, it. but this, this is. Yeah, this is a good way we can, you know, like everyone else, just trying to stay stay connected uh, as best we can and uh, get through all this. So, Jerry, how is the uh, picture coming through on your flip phone? It's, <laughs> good, I'm, Maria. Oh, it's so hurtful. But uh, actually, this is on an iPhone. I don't have a computer, but oh, okay. I do. I do now have an iPhone, which I get emails on, etc. So nice. I am do I don't have a camera in front of me. I just have this iPhone, and it's oh. a great it's a great picture. And I understand you can even make phone calls on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are on Zoom, and uh, you know if we have any dropouts, I guess as we call them in the tech world, it's because uh, there's heavy pressure on on the bandwidth on all of our uh you know computer setups and so but we're as jerry says we're doing this as everybody else is doing it and uh we all can see each other yeah. and it's amazing and it's been so much fun because we haven't i haven't seen maria corelli in a month i haven't seen jerry Spray. i haven't seen any I of these know. people in a month i know and so that's funny. And, and i know that uh you know maria's got her hair looks great she's in a nice uh sweater <laughs> My hair, I need a haircut. Jerry, you badly need a haircut. Yes. Maria, what the hell are you wearing? Are those like your PJs though? Wait a second. This yeah. is a top. Stand up. This is a top. Yeah. PJs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got nice top. Now she got pajamas on. You know? There are <laughs> yeah. yoga pants. I did my yoga. There are yoga pants. Oh, okay. I hear you. Well, I can beat that. Uh, but yeah. Oh, no. Don't no, stand no, up. No, no, no. Don't stand yeah. up. <laughs> I won't. There you do. Don't stand yeah, this up. This is a family podcast. <laughs> you got it. Hey, Jerry. Yes. Uh, as you know, what? I have never been in your home. You've told me about the homes you have around the world, well, but I've never seen any well, of them. There, we do. And have I know some Maria standards. hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't you pick that damn phone up and take us on a tour Woo! of that mansion you live in? It's about a 40 bedroom mansion. Well, this first is what I've of read. All, uh, can I pick it up? No, because as I said, <laughs> Mickey is here. And and I want to live through yeah. the podcast, so I, uh, you got it. I am not to show the house. But um, it's not its not 40 rooms. Oh, it's 40 bedrooms. What are you talking? I watch TMZ. Oh, you mean bedrooms. What the hell are you talking about? 
It's a house. It's a, <laughs> it's a house. But I feel Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what I do kind of think is kind of tasteless and you know, yeah. not trying to be conscious about it. But the truth right. is so many of the celebrities talking about how they're suffering or whatever and do it yeah. and they literally do walk around their house do i mean they're just showing yeah everything that's good and it's like you know what about the poor people that, you know that are living in a walk up in the uh, in the bronx let's say or in an apartment complex yep. and they don't get to go outside they're afraid to go on an elevator and who yeah. else is there? you're right Jared. so they're really uh you know on the series note their people are really obviously some people are dying many people are dying but beyond that even people that are healthy are dealing with this. It's driving people crazy. So it's pretty um, nuts. It's a good point, Jerry. How are you guys doing in quarantine? I mean, like, do you, you know, what are you guys doing to pass the time? And, and yeah, are you yeah, still, yeah. Jerry, are you still working? Uh, your home? Well, I, we have meetings. Um, Judge Jerry is still on schedule. Okay. Uh, We'll start because we've taped already. We've taped the whole this whole season. We were picked up for next season, and we'll start uh, taping those cases uh, the first of August. Oh. And uh, so we're all okay now. We may wind up based on where everything is. We may wind up doing that without an audience, you know, in the in the courtroom. Uh, so yeah. I may be sitting there alone in the courtroom with the bailiff, but uh, and the two parties. But beyond that. You know, we'll just follow whatever the rules are. Whatever the rules are, we'll do. But, you know, we're in a business where we're yeah. lucky enough to be able to do it because we use a camera. We don't have to physically be yeah. anything. That's very true. Hey, Maria, what I'm, uh, I'm joking. My wife's still with me, and uh, thank God we <laughs> couldn't survive it otherwise. Well, we have but news you know for you, what? Gene. <laughs> we have oh, news my God, you. I'm on Come the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out, Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, she and I, we live in a, we're in a condo and we live in a neighborhood with, uh, so it's not a high rise. It's sort of, you know, no buildings tall, taller than maybe three stories. And there are a bunch of these buildings. So uh, literally a neighborhood with a number of streets. So we're doing a lot of walking. We've got a park, a big park. Yeah. behind us so we hike up into I'm doing some bike riding all of yeah. which is safe we stay all the people in the neighborhood when we walk literally Maria go on two different sides of the street yeah and a lot of people are wearing masks the other thing we're doing is we're taking a lot of drives because if we go for a drive it's just two people in a car so it's as safe as being at home yeah, yeah. And we've gone to a lot of parks, and I'm talking state parks Aww. in both Ohio and Kentucky. Aww. And and you can, when you get there, get out and walk around, if, you know, because there are areas where there are no people. Yeah. And uh, so we're kind of exploring and scouting, if you will, for future reference, a lot of parks. So that gets us out of the house. That's we've taken good some really cool long drives and when we figured out hey you know we got a car let's just go somewhere then we don't feel so pinned down to a 2,000 square foot condo yeah. which is roughly what I'm in now how about you what are you doing or yeah kind what's of your the deal? same thing I mean I 
I just trying to move my body, like running. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a runner, so I'll try to, you know, run and I'll I'll do like runs up near, you know, up here actually where my boyfriend lives, like kind of up, um, in different parks and, and find different places to go. Um, really though, I mean, I feel like it's just been a lot of like, because I am kind of a more creative type, it's just been a time to work on that, to kind of harness that. And, and, you know, every day you're trying to pay bills. So you're like, oh, well, I'm too tired to write this or something. But I've, I've found that it's kind of been more of an explosion of, of, of writing new things and different venues to do that. (laughs) That's interesting. And I wanted to ask you, uh, about something. And by the way, and I mentioned this on other podcasts, I teach, I'm a volunteer teacher weekly out of prison. I teach them classes at this prison and uh, I can't go there. I haven't been able to go there for over sure, a month. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's been kind of uh, emotionally a uh, little bit of an issue because those men who look regardless, and they've done some bad stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't press the details, but I know where I am, and uh, some people will never forgive those guys for things they've done because maybe they impacted their personal family. Mm. But they're human beings, and they are locked down in very tight quarters. Yeah. And they are no different than people in a nursing home. If it hits, it's going to be bad, and there's no quick solution. And I have been totally cut off from them and vice versa. So that's been kind of hard. And I want to ask. Maria, Jerry, a question, and you may want to join me on this. Before I do that, I think we all want to say this, which is God bless every healthcare worker in this country. Mm-hmm. Everyone yep. is on the clock. They are freaking soldiers. They are the heroes yeah. of our generation. I swear to God, no these question. people are remarkable because they are getting sick and some are dying. And they took their oaths and they are doing it. And then you have to add to that the, the truck drivers, all the food supply people, people working in grocery stores, yeah. people who clean the hospitals, people who clean grocery stores, these vital services that we all need. And we praise these people. And they so have to make, and every one of them, in a sense, has to make a decision every day. Do yeah. I go to work and you know, help the society it's and so then true. come home and put my family at risk. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do these doctors and nurses and, and uh, the people that are working in the grocery stores and the people that are supplying the food or working in the, in, on the farms, you know, th- we need the stuff that everyone's producing and doing. And yet if they do that, they put them, as I said, not just themselves, but their family at risk. And, uh, it's it's amazing having to make that decision every day. Yeah. Here's a here's a quick anecdote. There is a person that I know, a couple, and the husband comes fairly regularly to our podcast. They live in my condo community here in Ludlow, Kentucky, and Maria lives in Ludlow, Kentucky as well. And this couple every week goes to the home of their granddaughter. And they babysit for the grand for their granddaughter and grandson-in-law children while the woman is a nurse and the husband is a police officer. Wow. Yeah. Oh my Let gosh. that sink in. Now, now get this. 
the granddaughter, so they've been going every week and they're careful because they know that the granddaughter is coming home every day from a hospital having worn protective gear. And by God, last week she tested positive mm-hmm. after she got symptoms. Uh, so now you have the granddaughter with the virus. You have my friend and, and my friends, husband and wife, who have been exposed to this. Wow. And now they're in home in special quarantine, cut off from all the people in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. to hope that they won't pick. And they are in their 60s maybe approaching 70, I don't know their age, but they're, they're, in other words, they're seniors, vulnerable, and that's, that's just one case that I know yeah. of. Yeah. So there are people like that. So that's on your point, Jerry, that they, they come home, you know, people are coming home and, and hear this granddaughter who is probably in her 20s, late 20s, who came home with elderly people who were giving their time Mm. to care for their kids so they could go to work as critical employees. This is no joke. No, we are really dealing with something. It, it, it is unbelievable. And we've never, never faced anything like this. Certainly not since world war two. And, uh, I want to ask you, Hey, Jerry, one second. I want to ask you, your thoughts on this because i th- we usually you know you usually do a kind of a commentary yeah. we call it a rant you know whatever we joke about it but before we do that i wanted to ask or say something about uh, also maria corelli our co-host and our friend uh because there's another whole group of people yeah, that i know where you're really touches yeah including my my daughter mm-hmm. and my son-in-law so they are creative class people as Maria Corelli is a creative, creative class person. And my, my daughter and son-in-law work for Disney and Universal and a company in Florida. That they're all in the entertainment business. So they're really struggling. And you've got Maria Corelli, who is a singer, a songwriter, a music teacher, and also works in a restaurant <laughs> as a lot of, yeah. you know, quote, starving artists yeah. do just to get all the bills paid. Yeah. As she builds her career. Mm-hmm. Maria, you're double screwed because <laughs> everything I just rattled off yeah. is shut down. It's- now, I saw you the other day on a, uh, on a Facebook Live performance. So you are writing and you are performing. Tell us about the life of a singer-songwriter. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's really, I mean, the you know, that's our job is to perform to groups of people and to hope that more and more people come to our shows. <laughs> so it's, yes. it's kind of a scary thing. And when I couldn't make ends meet, you know, it's like I would serve, you know, at autos, you, you, you both have been to autos yes. before. So love the place, got, you know, shut down all my gigs got canceled. All my friends, you know, who are musicians gigs got canceled. And I have seen kind of this, incredible bloom of or burst of you know utilization of technology to share their music so you'll see a lot of people going live i've been live and and we're able to put like so like venmo and and paypal like direct deposits into our bank accounts like we'll put that on the screen i mean it's really just it's a hustle you know it's like hey 
here if if you want to help out in some way like this is how i'm gonna pay my bills um and and another thing that i i was able to kind of uh get in get going is um is uh I, I, with the use of instagram i, I don't know if, if if you guys if either of you guys have instagram but it, yeah i use it okay cool yeah it's a um yeah so i so on the stories i've been doing like little 10 second songs for people personally that may be where i saw you okay. yeah okay i may have seen that. okay yeah. so so i'll do that and then like you know people can donate into my account and then once I see their donation pop up with their name. I write a, I go find them on social media, write a song about them, and people just love it. Like, and that's great. Honestly, that's like, a great made, idea. Yeah, I've made, great idea. I've been able I, to make my rent with it. It was. It's just like you know, been really, and and honestly, it came out of like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Like, I just feel like writing some songs right now, like just to laugh. I just want to laugh, and I just want to like, yeah. And, and it's been making people feel better. It's it, it's like I really feel like very like like you know strong and, and like I feel very like strong in my own like talent you know like that I could pull myself through something like this with well give yourself, hey by the way we sh yeah give yourself yeah. a plug now now how do, how do people do this yes oh yeah so um so you can Venmo me um it's Maria M A R I A and then dash Corelli c-a-r-r-e-l-l-i so that's my venmo account and then the paypal is Corelli two r's two l's dot maria at gmail.com and 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 i'll see like anytime someone venmos or paypals i'll see that uh pop up and then i immediately add it to a list that i have running a running list and then i'll like every few days i'll put out a new batch and i i've called them the corona chronicles <laughs> Oh, that's great. Great. Maria, do it one more time. Yeah. T name the two accounts and spell them out. Yeah, so please do it again. Venmo is uh um it's like at Maria yep. M-A-R-I-A -A, uh dash Corelli C-A-R-R-E-L-L-I. And then PayPal is Corelli dot Maria at gmail dot com. And then Perfect. and I'll see those see the donations pop up. <laughs> Can now, I, by the can way, I send you, you some money by a telegram. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, Jerry. I don't, you can just do like, it. All this stuff went over my head, but I could right over I your could head. send you an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Maria, like when you get it. In Morse code, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Maria, anything you get from Jerry, get some Clorox wipes and wipe yeah. them down and then let them dry. And, yeah. Hey, Maria. <laughs> hey, because uh, you and I chatted the other day. If you ever get, and I want our listeners to know this, if you, if Maria Corelli ever gets like extra money from these donations, because now we're making a solicitation here, Maria and I can tell you, and we both know in Ludlow, Kentucky, multiple, not one or two, probably 10 singer songwriters that live in and around there and if she ever gets an overload of donations they're sharing it among themselves isn't that true maria people are helping other people in yeah. this singer songwriter family yeah my friends and i keep laughing about it because it's like we'll go all these musicians are going live and then it's just like you donated donated, donated. we just like donate to each other <laughs> 
like Excellent. like I went live and my friend Brian donated me fifteen dollars and then he went live and then I donated him fifteen and it's just like going back and forth. It's excellent. <laughs> I, I that, that is so cool and, and that's that's uh, another aspect of this whole thing and how we're all trying to help and I know Jerry Springer uh, <laughs> his and I I told you Jerry the other day I saw. Uh, Oh, who was it? Uh, Lester Holtz, I guess, used the, oh, right. the closer. It sounded real close to take care of yourself and each other. Uh, he didn't exactly use the words, but it was very close to that sentiment. So those words, and if you go to our website, you'll see a video, right, Jerry? Tell yeah. them about that that you did where you expound on that. Yeah, about, you know, for 30 years now, I've ended every broadcast well, even more than 30, because 10 years doing the news. Uh, so for 40 yeah. years, I've been ending every broadcast I'm on by saying, take care of yourself and each other. And, uh, but that has never been more relevant than today, where yep. we do have to take care of ourselves, of course, and we do that by social distancing, but we have to figure a way to take care of each other as well. And uh, so just by chance, that really turned out to be it. And uh, yeah, so Lester Holt is you, but that, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's Lester Holt for God's sakes. Yeah. I know, it was great. I, I watched it and I immediately thought, oh, that's, he just Jack Springer. That's really good, I love <laughs> it. Hey, Jerry. Yes. Uh, give us some thoughts. Give us your thoughts on this whole situation. Any aspect you want to wander into? Yeah, I and obviously, like everyone else, I've been thinking about it. And I guess in terms of uh, Trump, I'd say, uh, you know, we shouldn't be too surprised. I mean, first, he wasn't really chosen by the American people. I mean, Hillary beat him by three million votes. And he really isn't a president. I mean, he just plays one on TV. This, we are watching The Apprentice on steroids. Look tough, look as if you're in charge, but the script writers tell you what to say, and your concern is to be on television every day, check the ratings, brag about them, and do what's ever necessary to be picked up for another season, in this case, another four years. To Trump, this is all about how he comes across on television. The problem is, this is not a show. People are dying. And his ineptitude is frankly catastrophic. Now, let's be clear. This is by far the single most important thing a president ever has to do. Beyond issues, beyond legislation, beyond ideology, all that can be fixed by a new Congress or a new president. But a president who melts down in a crisis and becomes unhinged, as he does every time or whenever a reporter asks him a question, that does irreparable harm to our country and makes a mockery of his claim to, quote, make America great again. Please spare us your concept of greatness, Mr. President. Now, is this national outrage at Trump, though certainly understandable, is it mere partisan pettiness? In the midst of this national crisis, when we're all focusing or should be focusing on how our health as well as the economic collapse is doing, when we've all trying to bring our country together, the question is fairly asked, why are we wasting time now pointing fingers? What purpose does it serve? 
Well, I'll answer that in a minute. But first, recognizing that the president's single most important job is to protect us from and manage us through a crisis, how do we judge and how will history judge a president's performance? Well, there are three elements to be considered. One, was he prepared for the crisis, no matter what that crisis might be? Secondly, did he react immediately when it hit? And thirdly, how did he manage a response and recovery? Well, using that measuring stick, we can look at two presidents, at least during my lifetime, FDR with Pearl Harbor and George W. Bush with 9-11. With FDR, it's certainly arguable that he should have been better prepared for the attack considering the warning signs, including the intercepts of Japanese communication that we had. And the ships should have been pulled out of the harbor instead of just sitting there to be destroyed. So he wasn't prepared as he should have been. But on his management of America's response, it was in fact exactly what a real president should be doing. And his performance literally saved the world, not to mention America, and makes him one of our three greatest presidents, along with Washington and Lincoln. How did FDR manage the crisis? Well, he rallied the nation. And in rallying the nation, he declared that every available plant and tool must be converted to war production. Michael Beschloss in his book, Presidents of War, points out that the nation required 60,000 new planes and 45,000 new tanks within the first year of the war and 125,000 planes and 75,000 tanks the year after. We literally were producing one bomber every hour and three minutes. And FDR made sure we did just that. We became the arsenal of democracy. And think of us today, we can't even produce masks. Now we judge George W. Bush. He too failed to heed the warnings about an imminent attack. But in fairness to him, he certainly united America when it did appear, when it did happen on 9-11 and he got us to respond immediately. He united the country. Even though our response turned out to be misguided, built on some untruths, he certainly was presidential in the beginning. What ultimately did him in was Katrina. And like Trump, he failed to take it seriously at first, and the public suddenly saw him in over his head, and whatever stature he had was forever gone history will not treat him kindly. Which brings us now to Donald J. Trump. First category, he wasn't prepared. Agencies to deal with a problem were disbanded. The agencies in health and human services, Homeland Security. The shelves were empty. He blames it on Obama. I came into office and we didn't have the stuff we needed on the shelves. Well, first of all, that's not entirely true. But secondly, he's had three and a half years to replenish them. He's the president. The pandemic plan that they had was destroyed. He didn't want to do anything that Obama had. We couldn't have known, he says. Wrong. Memos told him as early as January what was happening. The briefings 
from his own staff. He doesn't pay attention to briefings. He doesn't read his memos. He says that. He doesn't like to do that. All his knowledge is in his head. So even though he was warned, he didn't do anything about it. Second, when it did happen, he was slow to respond. Resisting health advisors, even during press briefings, which we see every night. First, he says, it's a hoax. It's a hoax. Then he says, if you're feeling okay, go to work. Go to work. It's just like the flu. And then when they said, wear a mask, he says, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not shutting America down. We'll be back by Easter. Oh, that was last weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll be back by the end of April. Fat chance. Don't worry. Only 15 people have it. In a week or two, it'll be down to zero. 20, as I talk tonight, 25,000 Americans have died from it. And over half a million Americans have it. Then his management. He lies all the time. He says, everyone can be tested now. Wrong. He said, in fact, uh, he says, we have all the equipment. We're sending it to the hospital. And when you talk to the hospitals in state after state, city after city, that they don't have the equipment. God forbid it, real, it starts running through their community. They have no help. The nurses and the doctors are wearing garbage uh, bags to be their protection. They don't have it. And when he says they're sending it, that's just not the truth. People don't know who to listen to in the same press conference. You get the health expert saying we have to keep distance, we have to do all the safe things, and then he comes up there and says, the equipment's coming, we got it, we already sent it out, etc." And that, of course, is not true. And the result of his mismanagement is staggering. The United States of America, we say, we're number one. Well, the only one that has relevance in this is the 1% of Americans who've been tested. That's right. Only 1% of our country has been tested. And what does that mean? How can we be talking about we're going to go back? Because we don't know how many of the 320 million Americans are carrying it. You don't have to have the symptoms. You can be carrying it and not knowing you're carrying it. So tell me in your own mind, how can you think of all going back to work? or we're all going to transportation, or we're all going to restaurants. We're not going to know if people have it. We can't make ventilators. United States of America, we can't make ventilators. We can't get protective equipment for our first responders. There is no national plan. So why do we talk about this? <coughs> all we're doing here is ranting against Trump. Well, I'll tell you why. In seven months, there's an election. The crisis will not be over. We all agree to that. I mean, even if some people are going back to work, even if some, you know, some of the restrictions have been lifted, <coughs> the crisis will still be there because the economy won't be back up and running full, full speed. People will have lost their jobs. So since we still have a crisis going on in seven months from now, and we'll have it next year, the question then comes, and we have to make sure there's no relapse. There's no way we'll be able to tell what's coming or handling what's coming with this incompetence and chaos coming out of the White House. So what's our way out? 
First, developing a vaccine is certainly one step to recovery, but that could be a year away. That could be eight months away. And the other way out is getting a real president. And that's on us. This November, there's no alternative. We must keep our social distancing, yes, but we must also create a substantial distance between Trump and the Oval Office. Great wisdom from our own Jerry Springer. Thank you very much, Jerry. Those are, uh, those are some great words. Uh, at this point in our podcast, usually you hear Maria Corelli introducing our musical performer. Uh, however, tonight, Maria Corelli is our <laughs> musical performer. Uh, a well-deserved spotlight. She is hmm. an amazing singer-songwriter, and she has performed on our show before. But we have asked her tonight to do a song. Uh, and Maria, will you do it? Of course. I knew she would. Uh, I knew she would. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting that Martin guitar. Out. I love what it. You, I'm what sitting, you got, I'm Maria? sitting by a window right here, and it's absolutely beautiful out, you know? I know it is. It, it is here, and I can see from Jer where Jerry is. Uh, you don't, uh, great you don't want to compare windows. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, Maria, what are you gonna do? Um, I'll do a new song. This one is called "Broken Man." All right. I like that "Broken Man." We're all we're, we're all broken, Maria. I'm broken my whole life. <laughs> this is not on any um on any like album yet, so this is brand new. Okay. Ah, good. Excellent. I no longer have the love of a good man. He's moved on to better things. If I'm honest with myself, I might understand. I never really had his love for keys. Thunder to the waist gets closer every day. With pain inside my chest, I feel I'll go away down no line. Could ever keep me satisfied? I broke my heart on a broken man whose love was never mine. Well, he let all of my good luck just slip away like cool, clear water falling through his hands. Was it something that I did? 
or I didn't say Or was a love so pure Just more than he could stand Now I sit here on a bar stool all alone We'll send his memory home Now no one could ever keep me satisfied I broke my heart on a broken man Whose love was never mine send my money give it to us again <laughs> run it by us one more time Good. okay yeah it's um so yep. the paypal is corelli.maria at gmail.com and corelli is spelled c-a-r-r-e-l-l-i and then uh the the venmo is uh maria dash corelli and you'll see my little picture perfect next perfect to it. hey maria where can people perfect. hear your music beyond that tell us yeah yeah so you can uh, check out my website um www.mariacorellimusic.com again two r's two l's <laughs> you'd be surprised how many um festivals and like at banners uh, misspell it um but yeah that and and uh spotify itunes really anywhere you can listen to music and then if you want to hear those corona chronicles um unfortunately right now it's it's like primarily yeah. on instagram so if you do donate you'll see me sing the song to you on instagram but i can also send it to you to your email or you to got your it phone and by the way too, it so. is and i say this to our listeners it is crucial that we help these singer songwriters get through this storm because it's like any other small business if some of them and maria i bet you'll agree that there are some people who will just get defeated and quit and change their lives their dream is over because they couldn't get through this storm yeah. so we need to help i think yes. about that sometimes. and we yeah. need to yep. help young and of all ages artists 
get through this so that on the other side, they can go back to entertaining us. And I, I hate the idea that we would lose 20, 30, 40, 50% of creative class people now to other jobs. Other jobs are great. I get it. But we need you to continue to do what you do. So that's why I make an appeal. Uh, hey, Mario, uh, will you take us out on down by the riverside? It's our traditional closing of these podcasts. Uh, and, and by the way, Maria, uh, sure. I'm just you sing it. And maybe the audience will join okay. with you. Here we go. Maria Corelli, down by the riverside. I'm going to lay down my heavy load down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I'm going to lay down. My heavy load down by the riverside and go study war no more. <laughs> I ain't gonna study war no more. 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 Ain't gonna study no more. Ain't gonna study Y'all come All right, back. Talk now, to you, you guys hear? next week. Love you guys. See ya. This was great. Love you. Bye. Great. <laughs>